This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports. So happy today to be joined by Lauren Carpenter, writer for Fantasy Footballers, Fake Pigskin, and the Fantasy Whisperers. Lauren, it's so amazing to have you on the show. I'm so thankful to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's our absolute pleasure. Um, hey, Lauren, before we hop into all the stuff that we have to, to today, I want to know if there's just, you know, a way that we can reach you, you know, if, if there's something you want to plug that's just kind of, you know, brewing for you. Yeah, sure. So, um, like you said, I'm a writer for the Fantasy Footballers. I also contribute to uh, Fake Pigskin and do some work with the Fantasy Whispers. But um, you can all find my work at, in fact, you can all find all of my work, if I can actually say it right. It still feels like it's early in the morning. I'm still kerfuffled from Sunday because that whole weekend was absolutely crazy. But um, you can find all of my work on my website. It's stepmomlauren.com. Super easy. And all of my social media handles are stepmomlauren. I'm very consistent. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So you said you were blown by the weekend. I, I feel like almost every fantasy football um, owner or player, or whatever people want to call themselves nowadays, I feel everybody was blown away by what happened in week one. Just not, um, I mean, just you just didn't see st- half of this stuff coming. What right. was, what were some of the big things for you? Like, what really surprised you in week one? Um, is there somebody you didn't expect to blow up and they just blew up out of nowhere? Yeah, it's, you know what? It might be a shorter list if I say who didn't surprise me. But I mean, the ones that really jumped out of the page for me um, was TJ Hawkinson. That one I did not see coming in a million years because we all know rookie tight ends in fantasy football or just in football in general, they're usually non-existent. And then TJ Hawkinson has the audacity to come out week one and have nine targets, six receptions, over 130 yards, and a touchdown with a 66.7 catch percentage. Really? I did not see that coming at all. Frankly, I'm, I'm super happy for him. But the other ones that stand out are Sammy Watkins with three touchdowns. Sammy, should I just repeat myself again, guys? Sammy Watkins, three touchdowns. Uh, let's see, Marquise Brown, who's everyone's like, the Liz Frank injury, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. He's like, nah, not worried about it. Four receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns with an 80%. Not only that, coming from a quarterback who is not known for being able to throw the football, that's another surprise from Lamar Jackson. Well done. And, and Jacoby Brissett, everyone had just pretty much, you know, written off the Colts, and he's like, no, not so fast, guys. And then he goes and has 21 completions out of 27 attempts for 190 yards, and he threw two touchdowns and had over a 77% completion. That's crazy. I mean, this whole weekend was nuts, but those are the ones that really, like, popped out at me like, I can't even believe it. It's weird. What happened? The week one tilt was real, everybody. I don't know what y'all were doing, but I was drinking. I was like, I can't handle this anymore. Mm-mm. <laughs> TJ, TJ, I, I kind of saw coming only because of the preseason, because Stafford just kept throwing him the ball over yeah. and over and over again. Um, and I was wondering, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. I know he falls in love with guys. He's fell in love with Tate in the past. And yep. Falls in love with certain guys, and I think he's falling in love with this tight end, and maybe that continues. Now, Watkins, oh, I mean, I was just like you. I, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Like, 
Like, and it was within like 30 seconds of the game starting. Like, my husband actually played against Sammy Watkins. Ooh. So he like the way we we have a really crazy league in my, in our home league, and we have crazy bonuses. And like literally, he just opened the app to like check to see what was going on within the first like four minutes. Of course, I'm exaggerating here, but he's like, Sammy Watkins has like 300. <laughs> so we thought the app was broken. <laughs> we, we we did. We're like, should we like shut down the app and restart it again? Because we have. We have the NFL Sunday ticket, but we obviously don't have enough TVs or receivers to have every single game on, and the Chiefs happened to not be one of them. So we didn't really know what was going on, and it was absolutely crazy. But I didn't see that coming. I mean, I would have I would have assumed that with Tyreek Hill out, it would have been Travis Kelsey that would have gone and blown up like this. I did not for a second expect it to be Sammy Watkins. That was crazy. So – my question is, of all the guys who blew up this week, right, of everybody who kind of shocked the world with their productivity, who's sustainable? Who has the staying power? And, and which one of these guys can I trust? See, that is such a good question. I don't even know. So the one that I think that, oh, the one I think has the most staying power is probably going to be TJ Hawkinson um, because of his trust that he's built up with Matt Stafford. So I think that he's really overtaken that Golden Tate role that has been necessary ever since they got rid of Golden Tate. So I think I like him the most. He may not and, – and he had a great game, but it wasn't like so super-duper stupendous that it's just a flash in the pan. It seemed pretty consistent. Like I said, he got nine looks during that game, and it was a pretty hard battle for the Lions to against the Cardinals, shockingly enough. But it is the Lions, so go figure. Um I, I mean, I don't know, because Sammy Watkins is also another one that pops out because he was heavily utilized, and Tyreek Hill is hurt. So he has some staying power over the next couple of weeks while Tyreek Hill is out. I mean, so that's it's, it's really tough. And I like Marquise Brown, too. He obviously has some, you know, really good chemistry going on with Lamar Jackson. So I, I, all of them have, have the opportunity to have staying power. None of these really jump out at me as a flash in the pan. So, I hate fantasy football sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, here's the thing. I, I feel like fantasy football humbles us all. It does. We go in feeling like, you know, I know this, I know that. I mean, yeah, you don't know nothing. And, right. Exactly. And, and nobody does. Um, so who is there anybody who does stand out just across the board, across the, the NFL yesterday, there was some type of – uh, explosion, right? You can look at guys like Malcolm Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They trying to yeah. The one that stands out to me, the one that stands out to me the most, and I have been high on him all off season, and that was Deshaun Jackson. I thought he was going to have a good game. Um, I was worried about his uh, broken finger, but he didn't. He acted like it didn't even matter, and he came out and just absolutely exploded. I really like him. Rest of season, he's the one that. I am so glad I traded for in one league. I'm glad I targeted him in my drafts. I like him a lot. Yeah, I like him a lot, too. Um, and he's a guy I picked up as well and had to start. Right? I mean, I just I felt like um, I think I saw him in, what was it? Maybe their training camps or something. And when he had a guy with a strong arm and accurate, that mm-hmm. downfield accuracy, man, he, he always explodes. Um, but does anybody stand out to you as a suspect to be a fluke? Oh, Gosh, and this is what's so funny because TJ Hawkinson, Sammy Watkins, and Marquise Brown stand out to me as possible flukes. But even though they have possible <laughs> opportunity, I don't know. See, and that's the thing. None of them really 
gave me, and I'm actually going to be rewatching some of the games I didn't have a chance to watch yesterday. So that's on my books today. So um, all of your listeners, hit me up on Twitter. It's at Stepmom Lauren. Uh, and ask me what you think about it after I have a chance to go and re redo some of these games, maybe with a more sober eye than yesterday. And just kind of look, but nothing really jumps out at me that says fluke or this was matchup based only or, you know, just I don't I just don't know. Week the, week one is always weird. We all we all know that week one is a crapshoot. We have no idea what's going to happen. We have an I well, we have an idea, but we're usually proven wrong. And then we just throw our papers in the air and freak out and go on these tilts and start rage dropping and trading people unnecessarily. So I don't really know who that fluke is going to be yet. And I wish I had an answer because that's like the worst answer ever. It's like, hey, who should I start? I don't know. <laughs> so talk to me, Lauren. Who were who were some of your biggest disappointments this week? I mean, guys who you felt were going in like they were going to do well and they just disappointed you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I Let me hold on. I need to gather my thoughts here and let you know uh, because I have a lot of them. First and foremost is going to be Jameis Winston. And I got a lot of flack on this because I posted it on Twitter. And a lot of people are like, why did you start Jameis Winston? That's so stupid. He did not do that poorly last year besides his interceptions. But when he doesn't throw interceptions, he's a fantasy monster. Now, that's the risk you take with Jameis Winston is throwing interceptions. So where there is high upside with him, there's also extremely high risk. But he played exceptionally bad, like really bad. So I'm really mad at him. I'm also really mad at Jared Goff. I'm shocked that Mike Williams wasn't more involved in this offense. Um, that was another one that really stood out to me. Um, Robbie Anderson, who's also on my team against Buffalo, that one's not surprising because the Bills actually have a pretty good defense against wide receivers. So, you know, eh. But, I mean, again, the Steelers wide receivers pooped. It was awful. But it, there were so many surprises that, were, that feel so extreme. It was either so incredibly otherworldly good or it was just really hellaciously bad. But those are the ones that really stand out to me the most. I know a lot of people are mad. I actually uh, threw that out on Twitter. I was like, who's who I'm mad at? How about you guys? And I just got bombarded with tweets like, oh, my God, I can't keep up. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you, you're right. Nobody can really predict week one. It's, it's so tough. It um, is. But we're going to, you know, we're going to take a humble stab at week two. Right. And see if it's humble possible. is the right word for that. How about extremely educated guessing which is fantasy football anyway but now it's even more guessing than educated because i feel uneducated at this moment oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look none of the research i mean no matter what none of the research um that we could have done could have fully prepared us for what was going to happen in week number one and that's where we have to console ourselves and for everybody who had duds on their on their roster like vance mcdonald was another one i've been high on and he oh, sucked god. last night too god that was garbage oh. oh and tyler lockett thank god he pulled out a 44 yard touchdown bomb because dk metcalf is apparently like superhuman which we all knew but i didn't know he was going to get the kind of volume that he was getting but either way we one thing we have to console ourselves with after week one is that Unless you, like, if you made a bad decision starting somebody, you probably did really well. But that means that you made a poor choice before the game started and you got really lucky, you know, or you were forced to play a guy like, you know, Sammy Watkins or something like that. Now you're just extremely ecstatic. But, you know, you just have to rely on that. You did your research, you know, you asked the experts, you looked into the matchups and started your guys. They didn't work out, but it's week one. So you're right. We just have to humble ourselves and be like, you know what? I did my research. I if 
I don't think I would go back and change anything else. There's nothing I would have done differently. Um, obviously, knowing the outcome, there's things I would have done differently, but I don't think I messed up in my choices on research. So we just have to console ourselves with that and cry a little bit, which is okay. The only move I would go back and change, Lauren, the only thing I would go back and change is I never liked Vance McDonald, but I trusted the rankings. Yeah. And I started him over um, Delaney Walker. And I knew it was bad when I did it. I didn't I know. Like Sometimes it. you got to go with your gut. I totally hear you on that. Sometimes the gut can be correct. Yeah. Stinks. Mm. So we're going to now take our humble stab at week two. Who are some of the guaranteed producers in week two based on their matchups? So based on matchups, um, I still really like the, the Rams wide receiving core. So you're talking about guys like Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Woods. Um, I think all three of them did pretty well uh, on Sunday. So they got you points. They're going to be consistently targeted, which I really like too. Even though Jared Goff sucked, he's going to get better. That's I think this was an outlier game from Jared Goff, and I have him in a league I really desperately needed points in, unfortunately. But he ended up pulling out a little bit, so I didn't, you know, completely suck, but it was still pretty bad. So I like those guys. They're going up against New Orleans, and New Orleans is the worst when it comes to um, basically defenses against wide receivers. Um, they have led up to, last year, I should say. In 2018, they, they uh, allowed 20 touchdowns to wide receivers and over 3,300 yards. They also allowed 243 receptions on 362 targets. So I expect them, those wide, if you have one of those pieces, plug them in and feel pretty good about it. My other one that I like still is going to be uh, Deshaun Jackson. And the Eagles are going to face the Falcons. And the Falcons are in, like Swiss cheese when it comes to their defense against wide receivers. So I like Deshaun Jackson for not only is he that downfield threat, but he lines up and he has proven this week that he, well, is it last week now? Do we refer to it as last week because we're still in week one technically, so it's still this week? Yeah. If <laughs> yeah. I think it is still this week. So I do like Deshaun Jackson next week, week two, and I like that he uh, pro proved to the world that um, us analysts who really, really liked him weren't totally crazy. Okay. So talk to me about people who you don't foresee doing well next week. Just looking at the matchups, you just don't like the matchup. Yeah. Um, person. This one was a little tougher for me to take a look at because of all, I guess I'm still on like, you know, jitter alert because of this last weekend where I feel like, I don't know now who isn't really good anymore. I don't know. But just based on matchups alone, the one I think may suffer week two who did really well this week is going to be Marlon Mack. And I know people don't want to hear that because mm. I really want the Colts to succeed too. I love that storyline of them getting behind Jacoby Brissett. I absolutely love it. But they're going up against the Titans. And the Titans proved to us this year so far that their defense is en fuego. And they came to play. So I think they have, yeah, and the Titans have the best defense against running backs. So Jacoby Brissett has proven that he can use the other weapons around him, um, you know, like Delaney Walker, like T.Y. Hill. No, I'm sorry, wrong team. Delaney Walker's on the other team. My bad. But he can use his other weapons, like T.Y. Hill, who everyone was afraid of, who I personally was not scared of and started him. So he has enough of those weapons around him that I think Marlon Mack won't do as well. I don't, I'm not going to say he's going to get a goose egg, but... I think this is going to be a tough, tough matchup for him. And the other one is going to be the Philip Lindsay Royce Freeman duo against the Bears. I mean, they were able mm -hmm. to shut down Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. 
and Jamal Williams when he kind of was sprinkled in here and there. So I do worry about the, the Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman duo against the Bears. So are there any sleepers in week two guys who, who could explode um, in week two that maybe haven't exploded just yet? Right. So what I would do is make a list of all the wide receiver four and fives on each team, if they do have a wide receiver five, as well as like their third string or tight end, put them up on your wall, close your eyes, and like throw a dart and see which ones it lands on. <laughs> That's going to be your sleeper. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, brah, I'm like seriously still dumbfounded, and I don't even know my middle name anymore because this weekend seriously just totally messed me up. But I don't even know if this is considered a sleeper. But I'm going to throw this name out anyway, and, I, and you're familiar with it. But Delaney Walker, he has been very quiet, not talked about that often in the offseason, not talked mm -hmm. about during drafts, very, very quiet. Um, but he's facing the Colts, and the Colts' only weakness on their defense, not only, but their biggest weakness on defense is against the tight end position. He came out and proved that he can still play. He's got a big chip on his shoulder. So if you guys can find a chance to get Delaney Walker, he may still be on waivers or go make a waiver claim for him. I like Delaney Walker this week. I don't even know if you can consider him a sleeper. But my other sleeper that I like is going to be Raheem Mostert um, against the Bengals. And uh, the Bengals have allowed six uh, touchdowns to pass-catching running backs. And Raheem Mostert has done a good job of, you know, catching balls out of the backfield, if you will, while everyone is so, you know, concerned with the other running backs on that team, most are kind of like, oh, hey, toss me the ball because I'm wide open because everyone forgets I exist. So I do kind of like Raheem Mostert if you want a piece of that offense. Again, Bengals allowed six touchdowns to pass-catching running backs, and they're playing the Bengals, who are struggling anyway in lots of facets of football, which sucks for them. So thank you so much for that. I have to now ask you about um... – one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. Like, I've, I've just never seen this type of um, situation in the NFL. It's Antonio Brown. Right. Uh, and I, I just I just don't know how to deal with them. Like, there's no. certain people who have them on a fantasy team. I will raise my hand for one <laughs> of those people who do have him. Um, but if you own him... Um, and you know he's now going to the Patriots, and you saw that offense, and you saw how they acted even without him, right? Um, the question now becomes, what do I do with him? Is he a sell-high candidate? Yeah. Oh, what should yeah. I do? So the thing with Antonio Brown is, unless you're going to bench him or drop him, those are the only two things that I say do not do. Because you can look at this either way. You can look at this as you now have a very important piece to a prolific offense that you want to keep. And you can also look at it if you are really weak at running back and you need one like badly, wait until Antonio Brown has a super explosive game and trade him for a super duper awesome running back. Because one thing that Bill Belichick has proven to us is that he really likes Julian Edelman. So we don't really know who the other wide receivers or even running backs are going to be that are going to be involved in that passing game. So I kind of see Antonio Brown having boom-bust games. Now, his best games still aren't going to be bad because he's Antonio Brown. So he's still going to find a way to make it happen. Um, so you can, you're okay if you want to keep him on your team. I mean, I have no problem with that. But if you really need another piece to add to your team some, that somebody else maybe has – he is going to be a key part of your trade negotiations if you want to add to it and just get rid of the headache that is Antonio Brown, no matter what. So that whole thing is such a hot mess. And one of the writers in uh, the Fantasy Footballers posted in our, in our chat group, and uh, 
He's like, tinfoil hat time. Was all of this planned? Because the Steelers, this is interesting to think about because the Steelers did not want to trade Antonio Brown to the Patriots. They made that pretty clear. So he got himself traded to the Oakland Raiders and then did everything humanly possible to sabotage himself on the Raiders. Everything humanly possible. Everything humanly possible he could do. And we all thought he was crazy. I did. I'm like, dude, he may be suffering from, like, paranoia. I'm not even kidding. Recording (laughs) phone calls from John Gruden, putting them to music, albeit a very well-done video, I might say. But still, that's weird. And then posting all this stuff, getting in fights with Mike Mayock. Here's something interesting I didn't know that Adam Schefter said on ESPN yesterday, is that Antonio Brown went down with a uh, mysterious hamstring injury a little while ago when he was still, quote, practicing, and he requested an MRI, and the uh, Raiders front office and coaching staff started to get a little bit suspicious as to what he was doing, which I think is why they decided to go ahead and just pull the plug after he asked to be released. And the videos that he has posted of him being so excited that he's free makes me think that he (laughs) knew who was on the line the entire time he signed the papers to become a Raider in the first place which just makes Bill Belichick and the Patriots even more scary than they were before. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's terrifying what he is capable of doing. He literally is getting Antonio Brown for, like, nothing. I mean, he's paying him, of course. That's money. But he didn't have to sacrifice all that much. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I don't know how they do it. They're genius, terrifying, and possibly all witches. What I heard, um, I, I think it was reported by Mort on ESPN, um, that he consulted a social media expert. Yeah, that too! Yeah. <laughs> like, wow! This is seriously, guys, grab your popcorn. This is way better than, like, Days of Our Lives. This is, like, Antonio Brown's saga continues. Give me chapter three. I want to know what happens. Where is my popcorn? Or would this be, like, chapter seven? I don't even know. His drama oh, has been so crazy since the Steelers, it's hard to keep up. <laughs> My my wife doesn't even do like football at all. She doesn't really care about it, but she does do tea. So she does want the gossip. Oh so, yeah. So I said, babe, sit down. I'm gonna tell you a story of what's going on in the NFL right now. And she listened to me talk about Antonio Brown as if I was spilling the most richest tea ever. Oh, and that's amazing. Was- it was so cool. She wanted to know what happens next. And and it sounded like he had this plan from the beginning. And yeah! Like, you can't make this stuff up. It's crazy. <laughs> oh. So right after that, um, I had an extensive conversation with somebody who owns um, Antonio Brown and that fantasy team. And I was really trying to, at the time, I was trying to get him. Like, I was trying to get him uh, when... Um, let me see. When he got cut by the Raiders at 12, <laughs> I tried to get him. I know. I, what time was it? Like 12.02. And then, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I tried to get him for like the next three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at four, all right, no, actually five, it was too late because then his value went through the roof because he yeah. signed with, with, um, with Tom Brady. And so, um, I mean, just a crazy, incredible story, but you're right. I, I really don't know what to do, but I see what you're saying. Don't drop him, mm-hmm. right? 
Don't right. cut him, don't drop him, don't bench him, basically. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have value with him no matter what. You have value with him being a fantasy producer on your team as long as you understand that there could be boom-bust games with him. He is not going to be the number one targeted wide receiver on that offense because they have so many talented weapons. It's hard to just target one guy in that offense. And Bill Belichick's not stupid. He's not going to bow down to Antonio Brown's drama. And by the way, now that he's on the Patriots, he is going to be like the most humble, drama-free dude for like the next five years. That's just how the Patriots roll. So I don't even know. It's, it's crazy. But if you need another piece to your offense, like I was saying before, uh, you can use him as a key piece for trade. So either way, you're in a win-win with Antonio Brown on your squad. Um, so I don't mind that. I, I don't mind playing him, having him, and I also don't mind trading him. See, see what the next couple weeks bring about when he gets more comfortable with the offense. And don't be too disappointed if he doesn't put up massive numbers right away. It's going to take him a little bit of time to get used to the Belichick system. So, but he's either way, he's Antonio Brown. He's he's friggin' good. He's he's amazing. You have a show, the Odd Couple with Rob Parker. It's a dynamic show, man. Please tell the people about it and where they can find it. Yeah, uh, it's the Odd Couple Radio Show. And it is myself and Rob Parker. It's on Fox Sports Radio. It's a national show. Uh, it's on the iHeartRadio app. And it's on Sirius XM Channel 83 from 7 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. On over 350 channel or media markets nationwide. Uh, and also you can download the iCouple podcast, which are the, uh, greater, greatest takes from the show. That is, uh, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or FoxSportsRadio.com. So you can download, subscribe to the podcast and check that out. So, uh, yeah, man, definitely, uh, it's been going well. It's been popping. So, uh, your listeners definitely want to check out the iCouple. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Aaron Simpkins here, the host of the True Strength Life podcast and owner of True Strength Apparel. Check out truestrengthapparel.com, where we have tank tops to flip-flops and anything in between, all based on a message of the truth of Jesus Christ. Keep it locked right here with my family from the My Team, My Voice Sports Podcast Network, and don't forget to check out truestrengthapparel.com. Coming in. This is Andrew Brown with the North Florida Tigers Prep Program, and you are listening to me on MTMV. Support the podcast whenever you can, listen as much as you can, and share as much as you can. So we're going to hop into our next segment. Um, and normally it's called Trust Fall. This year I'm going to switch it a little bit. We're going to go... Um, Red light, yellow light, green light. Yes. Um, I'm going like to talk it. to you about a guy. Thank you. I'm going to talk to you about a guy. I'm going to put him in a situation, and you let me know if you green light it, which means, you know, just go with it. Um, mm-hmm. If yellow light, or proceed with caution. Or if you're, you know, red light, just don't don't start him. Don't play him. Got it. Ready? Ready. I love that. Uh, Yay. Vernon Davis went off this week. He had a really good game and actually a really good play after he had a very emotional um, response to that great play. Next week, 
he plays against a very fast linebacking core um, in Leighton Van Der Esch and, and Jalen Smith with Dallas. Vernon Davis versus Dallas Cowboys. Red light, yellow light, or green light? Ooh, that is such a good question. Let's see. I want to say a green light, but hang on. I don't know. This, oh, you give me these hard questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay, I cheated. Ah, okay, it's going to depend on Jordan Reed's health, I think, mm. for me. But if you're in a deep league, I say give that a green light. Um, I like the rapport that's going on as long as Case Keenum keeps doing what he needs to do. Also, the Dallas Cowboys are ranked 26th against the tight end position, and they have allowed seven touchdowns, but they've also allowed 121 targets in 94 receptions, 88 receptions, sorry. I don't know, I think, no, I don't want to say a green light because then I feel like next week against the Cowboys is going to suck. But there aren't any other people out there to really, like, catch the ball, so we thought. I mean, God, this is so hard. Whatever. Green light. I'll, 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 I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. Green light. I could not make a decision. I'm sorry. It is a tough one. Um, because you just don't know, right? Yeah, we don't know. Because who knew about Terry McLaurin? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a name that's been floating around a lot that I did not know he was going to be that successful, for sure. Had no clue. Like, he blew me away, too. All right. Number two. Um, we saw what Big Ben did this week. Um, just not great, right? Against the Patriots. And, and we know what against the Patriots, you have a really good cornerback, and plus you have a really great defensive scheme. So um, you don't know. Now, the question is, next week, he's going up against Seattle. And they have a pretty decent defense. So, okay, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Big Ben will be in a different situation. So... Big Ben next week. Red light, green light, yellow light. Mm. I want to say yellow that's about to turn red. Can I do that? Is that mm-hmm. part of the rules? I give him a yellow light that's about to turn red. I can see him having the opportunity to have a bounce back game um, against the Seahawks. Um, that doesn't exactly scare me, even though if you're looking at, if you want to look at fantasy points against the Seahawks are ranked 11th against the quarterback. I just think they're going to need a little bit of time to get used to not having someone like Antonio Brown and just kind of figuring out that offense a little bit. And for some reason, whenever the Steelers play the Patriots, they suck. Not every time I'm being facetious there, but the, the Patriots have the Steelers number. That's a huge rivalry. Everybody knows that it's meh. So I'm going to stick with yellow. Play him if you absolutely have to. And you like if you're in a two quarterback league or you're in a, a four super flex and there's nobody else that you want to put on there. I think he has potential to bounce back, but he's still on a yellow light for me. I think there are better options at quarterback that you can stream in matchups than Big Ben. So I'm I'm hesitant on him. I'm going to say yellow just about to turn red. Love it. All right. John Ross went off this week. I know. What? Nope. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw John Ross. He had a number change. Um, he had an attitude change, apparently. Yeah. And he's not injured right now. And so he, he started off hot. Next week, he's going to begin San Francisco. Um, they just held Mike Evans to two catches for 28 yards. Um, Richard Sherman does not look like old Richard Sherman, but he did have a pick six. And so 
that defense looks, you know, like they can do something. Mm -hmm. The question is, John Ross going up against San Fran next week. Yellow light, red light, green light. Green light. Here's why I say a green light on John Ross. And he's he's not going to be a wide receiver one. He's going to be listed as a wide receiver two on the rosters that I would, you know, help give advice with or that I play. And here's why. So the what happened in that game was not necessarily when I'm talking about Mike Evans. What happened with him wasn't necessarily all about the defense there. What happened with him was Jameis Winston. That was a big problem. So I think that's why Mike Evans really struggled there. Um, and the thing with that I've been saying from the beginning when A.J. Green got hurt is Tyler Boyd is not cut out to be wide receiver one. Um, he has always done better when A.J. Green is on the field. Um, he needs to have somebody else take double coverage um, in order for him to create separation. He's not really good at it when he sees that double coverage. That's why I think John Ross had those explosive um, opportunities is because everyone was covering Tyler Boyd. So I definitely don't mind um, flexing someone like him. I don't mind that at all, especially if they continue to cover Tyler Boyd. So they're going up against the 49ers. I kind of see Richard Sherman floating around between John Ross and Tyler Boyd. I think they're going to be more on the Tyler Boyd side, and I think that John Ross should be able to continue. John Ross also had a lot of drops in that game, too. I think that was just from jitters, though, personally, and I think he's getting way more comfortable with getting more targets, and I think Andy Dalton's going to be a little bit more trusting of John Ross moving forward if he keeps producing like this. I don't mind that one. I'm going to give it a green light. Okay. Awesome. Adam Thielen had a pretty okay game, I would say, um, against the Falcons this week. Next week, he goes against that great Green Bay Packers secondary. Yeah. So the question is, is he a some? Is he somebody you start next week? Is he somebody you? I mean, he's definitely somebody you start. Mm-hmm. But do you give that a red light, green light, or yellow light there? Full green, full green against the Green Bay Packers. So I do like the Green Bay Packers defense. They have a big weakness in their secondary. They have allowed. 22 touchdowns to wide receivers. And if there's someone who's going to make that happen against that team, it's going to be Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins. They're going to find a way to get it done. And just to give you some perspective, guys, um, the San Francisco 49ers have allowed, last year, allowed 27. Atlanta Falcons allowed 24. I mean, these are big-name defenses, and I think the only other one that's allowed more than that has been the Oakland Raiders. Other than that, it's Green Bay. That's how many touchdowns they've allowed to wide receivers. So I give Adam Thielen a green light. I know that that Packers defense may be a little bit intimidating, but for Adam Thielen, he's 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 magical. He's he's like a he's like a unicorn. So I, I get it. Start him. I like it. All right, here we go. We have number five. This is the last one. Um, but you have a choice. I'll give you somewhat of a choice here, but even before we start. Ready? Ooh. So I'll give you two colors. You pick the color, and that'll determine the question. Okay. All right. Okay. Red or blue? Uh, blue. All right. Danny and Mendola. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Lions. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Danny and Mendola um, had a pretty good week, especially if you have him in a PPR. So yep. next week, right? He's. I'm looking at, and this is another PPR question as well. So Danny mm-hmm. and Mendola in a PPR, he goes up against the Los Angeles Chargers. The question is, do you start him? 
Like, do you start him with confidence? Do you start him with the caution? Or do you not start him at all? Red light, green light, yellow. Uh, all right. I'm going to take a yellow. And I'm going to tell you guys why or how I'm quanti- quantifying or qualify how I qualify this yellow light. If you have to play Danny Amendola, like if you are in a really deep league where wide receivers are kind of sparse, um, or let's say, you know, someone gets hurt, maybe, I don't know. Feel okay starting him. I just really worry because it seems like Danny Amendola and TJ Hawkinson are kind of playing a similar type of role. So TJ Hawkinson has already developed this rapport with Matt Stafford, but Danny Amendola did really well. So if you're in a PPR league and you have to start him, start him with caution. Understand that he may not have a repeat performance, but if you have better options that like maybe have better matchups, just make sure you, you check out the, the surrounding environment of your other wide receivers. He's not someone that I'm like super duper duper excited to start until he really starts proving himself. He's someone that I would like to stash and wait to see what happens. But if I have to play him, I'm okay with it. Just not like uber thrilled. Awesome. Yo, Lauren, you have been amazing. It's been an incredible time with you here. So I just want to say thank you for one. Um, and two, I want people to be able to find you, be able to get your awesome content. Um, can you remind the people one more time how they can get in contact with you, follow you on Twitter or Instagram, and then get into all the stuff that you're putting out? Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. I love playing games like this. And talking fantasy football is so much fun. So, hey, that's why we do this. But everyone, you can find me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, it's all at Stepmom Lauren. And feel free to hit me up. Tweet me. I like to talk to you guys. I like to hear from you. I like to help you out. I like to retweet your stuff. I really like engaging in conversation. So don't be afraid to reach out at Stepmom Lauren on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Stepmom Lauren, at Stepmom Lauren on Instagram. And guys, you can find all of my work. That's all of my articles. Um, All of the podcasts that I have been at the pleasure of being a guest on this one included will be up on my website as well as my youtube series so if you are like youtube go ahead and search stepmom lauren you'll find me subscribe to my channel i go um live on twitter every wednesday and friday so feel free to hop on and ask me questions then i upload that video onto youtube so you can come back and watch it if you had to miss it but i love talking with you guys this is what makes it so much fun so feel free come over hang out with me and find all of my work at stepmomlauren.com Awesome. Hey, listen, if you're out there, here's what I want you to do. I want you to definitely go and follow her on Twitter, follow her on Instagram, go to her YouTube page, go ahead and make sure you press subscribe, get all her information. Um, After that, I need you to do this. Go to, um, what is it? Apple Podcast. <laughs> go to Apple Podcast, like this podcast, and if you are if you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and subscribe, right? And you'll get the alerts every time we drop one of these. Feel free to comment um and give us that five-star rating so more people can get the type of advice that we're putting out now. Listen, plans fail for lack of counsel, and every week we're trying to bring you some of the best experts in fantasy football to help you suck less at fantasy. Have a great one. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTNV Sports.